Welcome to another edition of Michael L. Craver Presents January 3-0, January 30th, 2021, a beautiful Saturday, nice and cold, icy cold. It's like what's uh, on the side of the slushy cups, a brisk, well that's what's on the side of a teacup, isn't it? Brisk outside. Hope you guys are enjoying yourselves wherever you might be listening, if you don't, uh, Mix it up a little bit. Go to some of the other other places. You got Spotify and Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Verbal, Deezer, Spreaker, Listen Notes, Ivy.fm. You got some obscure places. Stitcher, famous for a lot of podcasts. iHeartRadio, they have podcasting awards. Wouldn't it be nice to be an award winning podcast? Well, I think the first step in any anyway, first step in any process. I am uh, sitting back listening to a few different speakers today. There's a new documentary, uh, a new film. Uh, Thomas Sowell with a new piece that he has released on YouTube uh, about the, the state of America and, and where we are. Wonderful, wonderful piece. A lot of you who are not looking into current events with, with optimism Sometimes people who can renew your faith, or at least you know somebody's got a pulse. Uh, they're giving a diagnosis about what we can do about the system. There's a good reason to go look at Thomas Sowell. Maybe you're not listening to the whole lot of stew, uh, <clears throat> stuff and news. Stews. You notice how I talk too fast. I like to mix words together and see if you can figure it out. Ben Shapiro from Daily Wire. Uh, He's, he's a good guy to listen to. Dave Rubin does the Rubin Report. And those guys, a lot of those interconnected guys. Some of my favorite things that I watch are Jordan Peterson, Dave Rubin, Shapiro and Rubin. There's a wonderful, about two and a half hour. It is extremely worth it. I watched it at 2 o'clock in the morning, wide awake, because it's the only way to absorb that much information. There is a Rubin Report from Dave Rubin, R-U-B-I-N, with Jordan Shapiro. <laughs> with Jordan Shapiro. <laughs> With Jordan Peterson and Dave Shapiro together discussing the many facets of their work between the psychological side of things, the theology side where Jordan Peterson comes from, the political and the social impact that Ben Shapiro so poignantly lays out in his books, number one bestsellers, his podcasts and his radio show. So he's a wrecking ball for sure, and Peterson's... He's untouchable. Maybe the best speaker of our time. But uh, I I model a lot of what I do after having guys who are well thought out. They bring universal tools to the table where when you go to approach them from a different angle, they've already asked themselves these questions. They are consistently having debates with people or having people Q&A and approach them and, and try to find flaws in everything that they're doing so that they feel much more well-rounded about the things that they've decided to speak and write and devote their life's work to. It's important for everybody. It really is. Uh, I think when you are... <laughs> I've got... <laughs> I've got procreating written down as the next step in the enabling process. It is... You know, uh, and I'll discuss that in a minute. But these guys who are essentially uh, conceiving and giving birth to these ideas and these debates, these observations that they have, are 
excellent role models for, for people to go after. Whether you believe the same things, you give credence to their opinions, their approach to it, their structure is extremely admirable. That's, that's important. I said procreating. Yes, and, and that's another step in the enabling process, uh, procreating. That's a, that's a difficult subject for many people to breach. They look at uh, having children as the, you know, the ultimate. I, I got kids. The old Heath Slater from WWE. I, gotta, I need this job. I got kids. It's Brock Lesnar. He, he looks across the ring from him with his microphone. I don't give a shit about your kids. <laughs> he beat him down. But, you know, children are, as George Carlin says, many people have their people who have an unhealthy child fetish. And that's not meant in a pedophilia kind of way. He's talking about the people, much the same way they fix on, on action figures and Disney and Barbie. They look at their kids as this... School, it's community theater, everything's, oh, we're going to take little Bobby to T-ball, and then we're going to do this, we're going to do that. We're gonna, and they wouldn't have a life if it wasn't for their kids. And it may give them purpose, and they're propping that kid up, but you got to realize that when you make the decision to do anything that you're going to drive really fast, you could flip your car. You could blow a tire, you could flip it, you could run into traffic, someone could break weather conditions, an earthquake, whatever it might be. That you run the risk as you accelerate that car of greater risk versus reward is is what? Oh, it feels so good to drive fast. Yeah, but the risk is inherent. We, we all know this. That's why we put speed limits, because you don't know what's good for you. Yes, it is. Yeah, so it's jumping out of a perfectly good airplane, right? And so when you decide that it just feels good, because you got to you know, grab another human being and just get it on. Well, there are a lot of consequences that go along. Not just the, you're risking your vulnerable, everything that you are in this shell to that person. In so many ways. You're in their private space. You're having physical touch with them. You're risking biological contamination, disease. Yes, you could end up with a child. You could end up with a child that doesn't fully develop. That could put your life at risk. You could have preeclampsia. You could have many of the other complications that come with conceiving. And for those are the, the ground rule risks for investment. This has nothing to do with maintaining the property in the future, as if your child is some sort of real estate project. But they could be metaphorically Describe that way because you, you know you got to grow this human being. I mean, you could you could sell it away, you could adopt it, and put him up for adoption. You are selling your kid. They give you money, you give them a kid. You're selling your kid. No, I'm giving him to a better home. Are you? You know, if he was free to a good home, that'd be one thing, right? The same way you re I'm rehoming this puppy. Rehoming fee. If you want him to have a good home, why don't you just give him away? All the fifty dollars makes him more qualified. Get the fuck out of here. You know, so when you decide that you're going to engage in this physical, and I'd say procreation because it covers the act of conception or intimacy, intercourse, right? It, you know, the long term, and you could, this could become how many parts could be in this podcast, right? 
whether you're able to look at the finances of, of what a child means, the social responsibility that comes along with it, because you, oh, I had a social life, but then I had a kid. I had an upbeat, charismatic personality. But then I had a kid. You know, there's there's many inherent risks that go along with it, especially you know, when you're the mother and you got to carry the child, nurture the child, be safe. You're missing work. Or do you qualify for FMLA? You're at risk for a long time because now you have a child. So is your relationship going to last? Is the dad going to stay? If he breaks off with you, is he going to pay alimony? Will he pay child support? Are you in grave danger? Are you going to use the kid as a pawn against each other? I don't know. I mean, there's so many risks. And, and it's expensive to have a child. And you have a social responsibility as, you know, you grow that child who can then, you know, was the Spider-Man, you know, with great re- power becomes great responsibility. Or, you know, there's the Superman trailer from uh, 2013, I believe, my favorite. Man of Steel with Henry Cavill. Not just because of him. It's more because it's Kevin Costner. But, uh, you know, the, he says, uh, he's got a responsibility uh, for what kind of man he's going to decide to become. You know, because if he's going to be good or if he's going to be bad, that, that person's going to change the world. Anybody could, you know, could change the world. The guy who ate the bat in the cave, he sure changed the world, didn't he? Hmm... You know, it's just one of those things where you you just don't know. You don't know what you're going to do. You could raise the kid who's going to become Elon Musk. You may raise some kid nobody will ever hear of. He may OD somewhere. He may be a part of a broken home because you don't know what your home's going to be like. He may be part of a shining example or a reality show one day. There's endless possibilities. So all this is just skeptical uh, profit. <laughs> I got ready to say it's skeptical profiteering. It, in a way, it could be profiteering, but uh, prophesizing. Just thinking, what direction is this going to go in? Could it go in? Is it most likely to go in? You know, what do you know about the economy? You got money saved. COVID happens. You get laid out of work. You got kids. Oh, you hoping Uncle Sam's going to take care of you? You hoping they're going to document that? Some people are too proud to be going asking for food and nutrition stamps or unemployment or welfare or whatever. They can go out there and they're going to brave it in a bad economy to try to test their skills or get some other job or two jobs that don't pay as much otherwise. That's got more to do with dignity than it does with anything else. They look at it as a personal responsibility not to depend on anybody else. Yeah, but Jim, you pay into unemployment. Why don't you collect some of it? How does that affect your Social Security that you'll draw out in the future? Mm. I haven't thought about this, right? You're pulling it out early. If you'd have pulled out early, you wouldn't be in this situation. It's just one of those things that folks, you know, they decide in the moment that things decide, or body parts that they have decide for them. Oh, man. Thinking with my heart, and I'm going in this direction. Or you go, let's go run and get that dog out of the road. There went Kathy, but she was rescuing that dog. Yeah, now she and the dog are dead. Self-preservation versus the choice to you know put yourself in 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 harm's way. 
you putting yourself out there. Yes, you could be a parent that is going to extend your family name. You know, then you'll be a grand. You could potentially be a grandparent. The person who's got the bumper sticker of where their kids going to school. I'm a such and such university mom. We've got the little cartoons where there's four of us, or so somebody plays soccer or animals on a car, whatever it might be. Okay. It's extremely important what it means to your community when you make the qualifying marks for procreation a priority in your life. Oh, it was a it was an accident, but it's the best thing that ever happened. Imagine if you had prepared yourself in such a way that you had your finances in order. You have a Stable, long-term, established residence, companion, career, etc. And I'm not talking, I've talked about this in other episodes. I'm not talking about being 40 years old and having a kid with somebody else who's 40 years old. If you, The two components are very important. You have a young person and an old person. If it's a person who's of very general, great health. That's an excellent contributing factor to having a healthy kid. You think what you want. Does your omelet taste the same if you use two spoiled eggs, old eggs? Mm. Think about it, folks. It's, re- it's, it's nominal science. So you can give me some nonsense all you want, but the folks who have the, the greatest problems are when you have those aging ingredients and you try to make a fresh recipe out of it. It doesn't taste the same. No, it's not going to taste the same. You can't use old meat in a sandwich bread and hope it tastes like that PBJ or hot ham and cheese or whatever you're used to. That was yesterday's bread. and That meat sat in the cooler all afternoon and we put it back in the fridge. And You know, these folks like that, though. They lust after having a child and... and solving some sort of validity crisis that they're having as they get older. They just they can't help themselves to sit back and oh, I, I got this girl, she'll stay if I if if I can get her pregnant, we'll be stuck together. That'll be the thing that holds us together. No, the pregnancy is an extension of great relationship. Jesus. What happens if two people are on a raft that is leaking air and is going under? And a third person comes by and you get another person involved. They're rescuing those two people. Yeah. But if you're the parents, you're you're supposed to have the stable raft and rowing over to the swimmer who's drowning and dragging him in and caring for him. You are the people who are supposed to raise a child from an already stable, established position. Now, if what you're doing is to procreate out of the necessity of locking somebody together, if it's some Hail Mary to save a relationship or make somebody happy, that is not... The responsible way to conceive children. You know this. I was just feeling so bad. So I went and bought a house. What? 
Yeah, I went and made a $200,000 investment just so I could feel better. Would you buy a house with somebody you weren't sure if you were going to stay with, rocky relationship or otherwise? Then why in the hell would you conceive another human being that is a two hundred dollars to $500,000 investment? What a ridiculous choice to make. Very simple. I mean, you, there's nothing else to be said about it. You have responsibility. You take on pets you can't care for. Then why would you take on a child you can't care for? Don't be ridiculous. Oh, it's the miracle, and that's the that's what really straightened him out, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. There are obscure people who can smoke a pack of cigarettes a day and never get cancer. It does not mean it is the protocol that we would prescribe for everybody else. Obviously, most people would buy those sets of circumstances, develop cancer, and die. You're putting themselves at great risk. There are obscure people who can, you know, they can leapfrog over things. They can pole vault farther. They can throw a discus farther. They can run faster. There are folks who are exceptional, and they have rare circumstances. They got a rare blood disorder. That's right. The rare guy who ate the bat and gave us all the corona. Pretty rare, but he's the one kid. Nobody knows who he is. Nobody knows who his parents are, how he was conceived, what we could have done to avoid all this. Maybe if his mother, if what? Maybe she loved his dad and they were two doctors and they had that kid. You don't know. Maybe he was conceived after a drunken affair at a party or something. You don't know. I mean, you know, every possibility is on the table at this point. So you don't know. But... We know what's a good idea and what's a bad idea. We don't have to wait until later to see. Oh, looks like he turned out all right. Oh, he did. I'm, I'm glad he's all right. Because not everybody's mom can smoke crack all the way through the pregnancy and he comes out okay. You know, there's obscure circumstances where people survive. Stage four cancer. They go into remission from other things. They think prayer helps. Certain situations that may or may not have gone away with or without the prayer. You don't know because you didn't do it without the prayer, right? You have your belief system of what you are in the market for. What am I, what is plausible to me? What am I gullible or what am I able to believe? Well, if you're going to procreate with kids, your imagination and your ability to, to be a team leader or to be a developer, as I say, is extremely important because you have to, I mean, short of selling that kid, that's my word, adoption, black market, whatever, short of dodging your responsibility by way of monetary gain or otherwise, maybe you pass them off to a grandmother or a sister or somebody else in the family as the caretaker. You can see the kid, you have the greatest opportunity to maximize that kid's potential. Well, no. I mean, what if he's... Then you shouldn't be conceiving. I mean, that's pretty simple. The best chances for anything to succeed are for the natural parents to have had... For two people who have an excellent situation and you know, they've got their... Not necessarily ducks in a row and they've got, you know, their... The ideal Norman Rockwell family. That's not what I'm talking about. Yeah, two people who, who are relatively stable and they create a loving household and 
they're making an investment with each other, and they have the, they've built the bird's nest. Now they're just waiting on the little eggs to hatch, or eggs to be. Sperminated or whatever, but you you see where I'm going with the analogy is just that you have people who can set up these circumstances and they have kids. Like we, you look around you at the climate change, the overpopulation, the way the virus spreads, the pollution levels, the quality of the air, the quality of the, the way we treat each other, the conversation, how everything's been devalued by too many folks and too many cars and too much technology. Yeah. It is very ugly and very hard to be thick-skinned when you're stretching everybody so thin and create these very... And like conceiving a child is a special thing that should be done by people who have the the right circumstances, the qualifying circumstances. Who are you to say what that is? It's a taxpaying person who's going to have a kid in a classroom next to them who may be responsible for whatever social programs that they could become part of, who's in customer service and may serve them in the future. You know, I, I would like for us as responsible homeo sapiens to sit back and just think about what we're doing before we do it. You could conceivably put a bunch of unruly unstructured houses up and we up oh, that's not going to pass inspection can't let anybody live there you're not going to give you a permit that needs to be condemned but you can't do that once you conceive people now people who you know there's a death penalty in other parts of the world there's ways that we punish people and throw them in prison and stuff like that you I mean we can you, You know why you don't put the cars on the market that you know are going to end up with the recall? Just so you can feel good and take home the profits up front? Because it's fucking wrong. It's the same reason you don't just conceive kids just for the hell of it. Because it seems like a good idea to feel good in the moment. Oh, he needs a sister. Why are you making a lot of money to have a sister? Oh. Well, up your game and your skills, brother, and get a better job. And, and have a kid to go along with that. Be a shining example with great resources to be able to develop that relationship and be, you know, a great provider and role model. You got that in the works? Knock that thing out, man. And if you don't, then abstain. I mean, it's real simple. And I don't, this is easy for anybody to grasp. You can sit back and try to, oh, people are going to do what they want to do and accidents happen. And so, yes. People drive recklessly and crazy accidents. The increased probability of those accidents is now on the table. You could drive around without looking. Hands-free devices. Oh, oh, don't studies show that hands-free versus hands-on devices basically have the same risk? That's right. Motherfuckers, you want to run around and Instagram and do all this other crap on your phone while you're driving and then act like, it's just as safe as when your grandparents were driving down the road with 10 and 2 and talking. It's not. It's not the same. They're not driving the same speed. They don't have the same obstacles in terms of the, the interstates, the traffic, the volume. And they certainly don't have the 
flashing lights and distractions that people have. The allure of that car stereo is it's supposed to be eye-catching and have this information that illuminates and it it's very clear to you. Oh, the same thing with the dashboard. Same thing with that phone display. Same thing with your kid's phone display. Oh my God, there's what? Now there's a GPS. Maybe you've got some other thing that talks to you, the record, the radio. Text messages are coming through the Bluetooth. It's an ever-changing world. People just don't develop and absorb those things that fast. Driving was never meant to be a secretarial job. And it's really hard to find good secretaries. So when you're sitting there thinking, i got to do all these readouts and look at all these screens. Are you qualified to be a fucking air traffic controller? No? Oh, then let's not try to manage all of these things at once. And you're in motion, right? The air traffic controller's sitting there, and he's not hes not putting himself in danger. The planes are what's in danger. In this case, you're driving the car. And when you're the person who has these children out of terrible circumstances, you know, well, what, what does that say about your personal happiness later? Is the kid your crutch until then, and you, you hope that they're happy and you feed off that happy, or... Maybe you could have taken that time to work on yourself and develop some hobbies and maybe make some more money working a second job. Go to night school. Now you're a better provider. Go have a kid. I mean, but the timetable, the timetable for what? They offer you public education by the time that you're 19. Take it. Use it. Maximize it. If you're going to work after that, go to work. Take a few classes. Take a few classes. Shit, you can take six hours a semester and do that for several years instead of, especially with online capabilities, instead of saying, oh, i got to donate to devote two more years. No, you don't. You can spend a few hours a week knocking those classes out. A few things at a time. You work around other people, right? You can ask those questions. You can use the community around you. They help you pass the classes. They'll reinforce you. How are you doing? You're in school, man. We're cheering you on. We want you to be the best you can be. And they're looking at you as an ambitious person who they will then create a social network, a fabric, a compassionate force field around. And they're going to reinforce you and care for you. And that is the social network and the community that you will carry into parenthood. And you just run out, fuck it through school, don't need higher education, you want $15 minimum wage, and now you're just going to start having children. You don't have anything on your resume to have children. I mean, I'm a human being, I can conceive. You're right. The folks in the hills can conceive just as the same as the people from the Ivy League. Now, in a developed world, those are two very different places for you to provide for a child. You can look at that all life is sacred and we're all created equal and so forth. Great. That kid needs a coat because it's wintertime. Now, who's going to be able to buy it? I mean, we we provide coats for kids. Give a kid a coat and all these charities and stuff. You know what happens if people plan ahead and they've got the resources set aside for their kids? They can be part of. They can hand down items to charities. 
they're participating as an active supporter, perhaps even a volunteer of that charity. They are not the recipient or perhaps even the victim of the charity system. They're not dependent upon it. And they wouldn't be part of it, and it wouldn't exist if it was a qualifying situation for each and every individual child. It's very simple. Very simple. And no more people in the old days got their fingers cut off in shop classes before we had safety glasses and cut gloves. We knew all this information about where to put your fingers, how to hold a piece of wood. You push it through. Use a dowel rod and push it through that table saw. That's right, you do. Because as we've learned to do things in a more responsible way, we've been able to live longer and keep more of our body intact and so forth. But as I talked about with eating in the last episode, we've also got the option to self-destruct and eat McDonald's all the time. I'm going to have the shakes from having the Big Mac and the beef-flavored fries and the Coke that's full of fountain drink. If you've never seen this, this is the reality of where it goes. Some restaurants still use syrup boxes. It's a 50-pound box of syrup that comes in. They hook it to CO2, just like kids hook up a balloon to a helium tank. They hook that syrup to the CO2 machine, and it comes out in your fountain drink, just like at the 7-Eleven or wherever you get your, your drinks. Maybe a Sheets in Eden, North Carolina. And the new way of doing it is they have a cartridge that has a small very potent batch of whatever flavor you're going to be drinking, whatever that designated proprietary item from Coca-Cola, from whatever. And so you go over there and you press Coke on the machine. Well, in the back are not 50-pound boxes of individual drinks. There's not a Coke one, a Diet Coke, a Sprite, a Melilla. No. There are a lot of boxes that all have the same ingredient. Now, it's all one ingredient. They call it HFCS is the code name. But it's high fructose corn syrup, and they are 50-pound boxes of high fructose corn syrup. It goes through this, you know, musical chairs machine of you being able to pick 50 flavors. It mixes right above where the drink is. And now you're drinking something that resembles the Coke the way it used to be. But it's modern, and it's quite unhealthy. But it's more convenient. And technology has pushed it along. Well, technology means a tablet can raise your child, too. But he's probably not going to be able to go out and cut wood and play baseball the same. He's not going to have the same experience going out and knowing, oh, oh, I'm going to run through the yard. Well, where would you run? Are you going to run in that spot or in that spot? Which one is your foot going to sink down in? Oh, I don't know. You not spend enough time outside, Billy. When should we plant this? What kind of tree is that? Identify that animal for me. Because they didn't see it on the app. Wasn't on YouTube just yet. And as a person who's procreating, I mean, you're creating this situation in a modern world where as if you're a parent, you have the option to cut off all of those power-driven devices and give them the very rugged education that so many people need um, and deserve, really. That's not a punishment. That's a good thing. 
people who have those skills can then be laborers and can then do a lot of other tasks from muscle memory that other people are only going to run into later in life. I'm not saying that you can't be reckless and use contraception and, you know, but it's, it's a very ugly thing when people just start running around and they're doing something that they think feels so good. But it's not just dangerous for what it could do to the mother during conception or during pregnancy. It's dangerous for what it can mean to that child, to the community around you, to the socioeconomic systems that are all... Those things all depend on the people that are in the system. The world of COVID depends on whether that guy eats the bat or not. Just that one guy. He didn't do it. Who knows? Could it would have been somebody else. You don't know that. We've avoided these things for many, many, many years. Finally, somebody conceived somebody who randomly did something on purpose or not. It changed the path of the human race. And if you're not thinking about it in those terms, you're not looking at it on a big enough scale. That's not going to happen all the time. But in in the modern world, where you where diseases are going to be a, a you know, here's a little by the way thing for you. You know what fever does, right? You don't you want to get somebody's fever down because what does the fever do? Do it allows for that environment, for the person's body, for so many things to spread and develop at a at a higher rate, the incubation rate, in the same way that you put, you know, eggs underneath the heat lamp to speed them up and let those chicks be born kind of thing, right? Same thing's true for viruses. As the planet as a whole heats up, Global warming, climate change, you call it what you want to. That means there's warmer parts of the world in parts of the world that weren't warm before. So, yeah, it used to be summertime here from, you know, May until August. It colder, we played soccer, snowed a couple weeks in November, December, etc. Now it's like 65 and 70 December. At least it was before COVID shut all the cars down and people started working remotely and now with less pollution heating the planet up it's cool again hmm but the incubation rate that happens on a, the grandiose version of this is as the planet is warmer mosquitoes bugs pests animals they roam farther birds don't have to migrate and stay warm for the winter if the winter is warmer, they can just stay put. Why in the world would these killer hornets come over from Asia? Because now it's more acceptable and it's conducive. That environment is welcoming to them. Why would we have 11 million undocumented people? Because nobody was watching the door. And you let some people in and then they procreate at some rapid rate. Now you got 11 million people. And what, what does that mean? What would happen if a lot of unqualified people decided to have a lot of children and it was a burden on our uh, welfare system, food and nutrition, if it drug our schools from a 7-point grading scale down to a 10-point grading scale? If the educational results that come out of this country are directly reflective of the funding, of the quality of the kids that we enroll in the schools, 
of the parents that are helping them do homework, but they're not qualified to be doing homework with their kids because they weren't great qualifiers to be parents to begin with. Now you have a world that is on this crash course with decline. There's no magic pill to take to make people, you know, Limitless is my, oh, it's one of my favorite movies, old Bradley Cooper. But uh, it doesn't exist, man. For all these things that you can buy at GNC and neurotransmitters and what is it? B A G A B. But anyway, there's a lot of these. You know, my mother has different things that she likes. But there's a lot of supplements people take to wake up things in your brain and B12 vitamins and D3 this and C4. No, don't be taking C4. Be a little rough on your stomach. But it's one of these things you just. You get on this decline. It is extremely, it's like a plane going down, brother. It is extremely hard to pull out of that dive. COVID can help, quite frankly. The right virus would be lethal. And people who were inept, who were uneducated, who were unequipped, would be hit the hardest by it, and it might wipe them out, which would then cleanse a lot of, problems that you might have so let's say there's a virus going around the world and there's a lot of older folks who are hanging on and it's killing the healthcare system and oh they're in all these assisted living homes and it costs a fortune to keep them up and it's just draining the local economy these workers don't make that much money who work there it becomes a safe haven for for the people it becomes this just debt ratio for the people who work there and they work so many hours and they're caregivers and they're doing crap work and paid slave wages but what if a virus came along and just the breeze blows through and just whisks away that demographic well, that sounds kind of like when the meteor hit and wiped out the dinosaurs. Yeah, it, it kind of is. Am I advocating for some sort of disaster or genocide? Or, no, I'm not. It's just ridiculous. But the natural cycle of things is if you heat the planet up enough, I promise you that the poisonous, that the unscrupulous elements of this world will begun, they will invade, they will expand, and they will become part of your environment. You will adapt and do battle with them. I promise you. Law of nature versus law of man is not a comparison. As George Carlin says, the planet's going to be fine. The people are fucked. And ironically, the planet will be fine. The people will be screwed, but only because of the screwing the people did. Think about that. That's an interesting title I have, or an interesting sentence I have written there for the next episode. The mirror. The mirror has been good to me. I like that. <laughs> it's different days, different looks, right? Different results. So I'm going to dive into that next time you hear from me. I hope you enjoy your Saturday. I've got just a few moments before I've got to be back handling uh, escalating tensions in the far east of the, of the United States. And uh, I hope I enjoy myself. I'm trying to stay warm in this brisk weather. And uh, matter of fact, they're talking about all this cups and tea and 
about time for me to look over there in the cabinet and pull out some of my dad's secret hot chocolate recipe. I might even give that to you pretty soon. Because I need to do an episode on my dad. There's a reason there is not an episode number 19. It's dedicated to the king. I call him the king of the castle. He lives in a... He does not live in an eccentric place. He is a very humble guy. I get cold chills thinking about, you know, what a, what a ruggedly interesting example he is for somebody who's so resourceful. I My parents are quite ambitious people. And... Uh, they're very humble members of their community and think before they act and, and all that kind of thing. And the older I get and the more of that I see, it rounds me around to, you know, somebody says, oh, you just like your mom or your dad. Thank you. And thank them. I'm very blessed. The kind of episode I put out today is, is more, I think it's more of an, as Charlie says in Top Gun, I think we've, we've shown this as an example of what not to do. You know, Yes, Maverick made the move and defeated the bandit with a missile shot, but we've shown this as an example of what not to do. <laughs> yes, I'm going to show you that if you're ill-prepared, there are, there are great kids that come out of terrible circumstances. They get adopted and they're on you know, This Is Us. You know, that's a wonderful show. It's a great fantasy. Would be boring if everybody just was qualified and did a great job and improved from the ground up and we had structure and stability, accountability. Wouldn't that be something? Instead, everybody wants to use their private parts like Jesse James uses a pistol. But we all know how he turned out. So. You guys have a great Saturday. Appreciate you listening to me ramble on. I will uh, talk to you very soon. And I appreciate you paying attention to me. If you don't already subscribe or have some regular way to listen to this, you don't share it or anything, throw it at somebody if you think, especially if you think any of these words would reflect upon them, would do them some good. I'll let it be my honor. But all I'm doing here is providing a little bit of Variety. These are thoughts that you can share. These opinions are they, they they are my own. They don't necessarily reflect any any version of what you may may not feel. But they're questions you ought to ask.